0: We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM.
1: Yeah, those Clippers, 8-2 and two over their last 10. And, you know, we're making a lot of jokes, Triska, about how the James Harden trade and how bad they were and, oh, this is a disaster. And, whoa, 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 guys are healthy. They're playing games. It's almost like, huh, when you actually have your stars out on the floor consistently, you could be a pretty good basketball team like the Clippers are now.
0: I, uh, I think I'm ready to believe. I want to be ready to believe. The Kawhi Leonard extension, I think, is a good thing. Paul Georges will be right behind him. Probably James Harden right behind him. They'll all be on the same timetable. Zubox has to get healthy. They got to figure out the backup center yeah. position. But, man, they're playing some good basketball.
1: Oh, Tristan! before we get to Cameron Smith, just, just one second here. Jerry Jones has released a statement. This is all, I'm only going to read you the first, I'm I'm only going to read you the first line, that's it. Quote, I believe this team is very close and capable of achieving our ultimate goals, and the best step towards us will be with Mike McCarthy as our head coach. That is your owner right there. Oh, I love it. No, I can't read it like Stephen A., I won't be able to do that, Scott. I see that in the chat. I'll keep it at Jarrah, and that's all I can do. But listen, yes, am I being cocky because my commanders are turning the corner? absolutely have i had nothing to celebrate in two decades absolutely but the one thing i can always celebrate is jerry jones continuing to just let mediocrity say I, I look i don't get it i i don't get it like i honestly i feel for you because i know what you're, you're looking at going why can't we have nice things why can't we have a coach that can get us through to i don't know winning one playoff game or not having zeke line up at center i this is <laughs> this is so great it's, it's, we're the
0: we're the most expensive <laughs> poverty franchise that exists in the nfl i'll just say that
1: <laughs> it's oh my god it's just like you said right it's the cowboys the lakers the yankees these organizations with a great history but they just the bulls. They, you, they're worth a ton of money bulls yeah bulls another one too where you sit there and go yeah, they've got a great history but they just like to sit there and bask in mediocrity at this point cameron smith jumps on with us co-host of the better angle and bet also from stadium as well and uh if you want to throw any shots at Trista about the Cowboys, feel free. I'll leave that up to you. I've I've tortured her since this thing started, man. But I, I am interested, too, what your thoughts are on the Pascal Siakam trade to the Pacers because Tristan and I were actually talking about this earlier, and uh, they're very comfortable in the fact that they can sign him long term. He's apparently said from the beginning, like, that's where he wants to be. So what does that say about this Pacers team? I mean, not just this year, but really moving forward. This feels like a team that's really ready to kind of take that next step over the next season or so.
2: Well, Nick, before I dissect that question first, thank you guys for having me back on Betting Gym tonight. So it was great to be back on. Trista, you know what? It's a safe space, and I will let you know into what my NFL fandom is. So born and raised in Chicago, so naturally and kind of unfortunately, especially like in the last 30 years, I'm a Bears fan. So all of just the mediocrity and just below average play, like I can understand what you're feeling with the Cowboys. Obviously, the Cowboys have had a little more success than the Bears, but definitely not in the postseason. But part of my... NFL fandom is I have a lot of family on my father's side from Dallas and Tyler, Texas. So if the Bears aren't playing or they're not doing well, which is, you know, about 90 percent of the time, then I'm gravitating towards cowboy games. So I feel you. I've been catching a lot of heat at work. I've been catching a lot of heat with a lot of my friends and family. So it's all good. Joy comes in the morning. But also, come on, man, like something something has to give. Like at some point, something has to stop with all just the failures Oh, okay. I'm digre- I'm digressing right now. Trista. I see you getting ready to unleash. I don't want to do this right now with you. So let's move forward and talk about the NBA <laughs> and Pascal Siakam. Just saw breathe it out. So Nick, to answer your question, man, it's really weirdly making Indiana a destination place for players. When you think about the situation with Tyrese Halliburton and what he does as a point guard, right? I mean, when was the last time you associated exciting basketball and fast break up and down basketball with the Indiana Pacers? Like, yeah, you could possibly say it when Paul George was there, but it was more of like a half-court game with him and Danny Granger when he was a Pacer. But this is a young team that's fun. They're energetic. Tyrese Halliburton is a young point god, not point guard. He's a point god mm-hmm. with what he's been able to do at that position, just making sure that everybody eats on that team. And it's a big reason why they have the number one offensive rating in the NBA. So now you add in a guy like Pascal Siakam, who was so crucial to that Raptors team with that 2019 NBA championship. You add that experience in that championship pedigree, along with what he does on the defensive end, which Indiana very desperately needs help on because they have one of the worst defensive ratings in the NBA. But it's a situation with the Pacers now, they're pushing the chips all in. They're like, you know what? We believe in what we have, we were able to keep Buddy healed. We were able to keep Ben Matherin. We were able to keep Obi Toppin. I'm not sure on how long Obi stays there because those minutes that Siakam is now going to take even more along with Aaron Neesmith from Obi Toppin, Obi's going to try and get out of there. But still, they have the right pieces on this team to really challenge some teams, not even just in the first round, but second round. And with the confidence that they've built already in dog walking the Bucks in the regular season series so far, you got to think that if they face off against the Boston Celtics, who we've seen them beat in the regular season before, I don't think this team would flinch, so this is a major upgrade for this Pacers team. Now, giving up three first-rounders, that's a lot, but still getting Pascal Siakam back for the right now and for the future, of course, they're trying to re-sign them in the offseason, which I believe they will. This Pacers team is looking really, really nice, even more now.
0: And the odds have shifted from 50-1 to to win the East to 20-1 to to win win the East from that trade alone. The thing that's interesting to me is you look at a place like indianapolis which let's be real isn't a great place to live not a huge market it's pretty cold and then you look at another team like sacramento sacramento reminds me of indiana young point guard who can do some things obviously they did the trade with sabonis and halliburton but siakam said specifically to sacramento i'm not signing here do not trade for me what does that say between those two teams that Siakam would choose Indianapolis over Sacramento to you?
2: Well, understanding that he's planning on that expiring contract for this year. He believes that, you know, with Sacramento and just how their books are, he's not sure if he'll be able to get the dollar amount that he's expecting this upcoming offseason. So with the Pacers, they're going to try and move some things around and free some things up so they can sign Siakam. So I understand that from that aspect, but it's also the familiarity of the Eastern Conference, right? Like, why go over to the Valley and the West and knowing how difficult the West is. Like you guys were talking about the Clippers and Trista. You're trying to believe in them. I'm right there with you. Like how they played since December 2nd, winning 18 of their last 22 games. It's like, oh, are they real? So you think about them and the Nuggets. At some point, you would hope that Golden State turns it on. Um, I know we'll get to them in a little bit. Same thing with the Lakers, but you have Oklahoma City. You have Minnesota. You have so many different teams that can give you issues and we've seen what the Sacramento Kings have issues with. It's not just about scoring the basketball. It's just trying to stay consistent. So Siakam's a guy like, hey, I will stay in the East, in his opinion. And this is why I think he wanted to go to Indiana instead of Sacramento, that he believes in Tyrese Halliburton more as a point guard than De'Aaron Fox because at least he knows that he's going to get his touches. Like Fox is more of a scoring point guard. It's not a knock to De'Aaron Fox. But still, if I was in Pascal Siakam's shoes, I would want to play with a guy that's freely giving up that basketball and wants me to get out and run so we can create some highlights. So I think that's part of it. But then also it's just what the situation with Sacramento, what are they going to look like, right? Coming off of the off season that's coming up after this one is done. I'm not sure if they bring Malik Monk back because he's going to command a high dollar value on the market. And so when you look at this Kings team and especially recently with the struggles that they have, like they, they cook themselves, against the Philadelphia 76ers last Friday with no Joel Embiid. And then they go into a situation Sunday against the Milwaukee Bucks. They were up in overtime and allowed Damian Lillard to get a free run just inside of half court to have Dame time be an experience for Milwaukee Bucks fans. And then we saw what happened last night against the Phoenix Suns, almost up 30 points in the fourth quarter, and you allow Phoenix to come back, take the lead, and win the ball game. Is something going on in Sacramento that Pascal Siakam's like, Yeah, I'm good. I'd rather stay in the East and team up with Fox and Buddy Heald and Ben Matherin and those guys over there and try and make some noise over here.
1: Yeah, and it, I mean clearly he had some amount of leverage, right? Because you can tell a team or have your agent tell them, like, hey, I'm not going to re-sign there, and they're going to be far less willing to give up any assets to trade for somebody like that. You mentioned the Lakers and Warriors. I mean, those were two teams that were – half the NBA was interested in Pascal Siakam. He brings everything yeah. to the table that any team could certainly add to their roster. But we're looking at the Lakers and Warriors right now. that are just like – the little line on that 10 spot right there, they're just kind of hanging on to it with, like, one hand, trying to keep themselves just in playoff – playing uh did, did like just trying to get there essentially right like yeah. watching these two teams right now let's look at the warriors first is there anything that the golden state warriors can realistically do not like a twitter trade but you know a real obvious move that they could make that could elevate them into anything more than just a fringe play-in team right now
2: i i can't see it nick i i really can't and that's really the task for Mike Dunleavy, who's in that 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 front office for this team, and making moves for them and making those decisions. Like, they're, they're strapped with cash, right? So you can't bring in some big name or make some big trade because at the end of the day, as great as Steph Curry is, as great as Klay Thompson is, if I'm a potential trade piece, like maybe just, for example, right, like a Pascal Siakam, right, who would have been nice for that Warriors group, I'm not sure on how many shots I would get within that offense, right? I mean, with Draymond Green as a facilitator facilitator of that offense, my role within that, especially with me coming in as a trade piece and I'm trying to find some type of home and really plant my feet ten toes down to make sure that I can stay here and grow something with this, I'm not too encouraged and enticed by that because Steph Curry, is, a, as I mentioned, as great as he is, I mean, how many more years are we going to see Steph be able to be Steph? right? That clock is ticking down. So I don't want to be in that situation where I'm stuck and I don't have anywhere else to go with the Warriors. So I don't realistically see any moves that they can make that can improve what's going on with them. They just have to stay put with what they have. I mean, we thought we saw something and then maybe try and turn a corner last Friday. And I saw that firsthand against the Chicago Bulls when they beat the Bulls, right? John Kaminga had one of his best games of the season, then turned around the next night and had 28 points, I believe, against the Milwaukee Bucks in total 52 points after those two games on the back-to-back. And you would have thought, even though they lost to the Bucks, that they played them tough and took them into the fourth quarter, that maybe Golden State is starting to show that fight. Maybe they're starting to show that defensive communication or show more communication than the lack of the Steve Kerr address that we heard last week. But then Martin Luther King Jr. Day happened on Monday, and they got smacked in front of a national audience against the Memphis Grizzlies team that only had Jaron Jackson Jr., that I'm sure if people had a contest of, hey, name this player on the Memphis Grizzlies, and you gave them a billion dollars or let them try and guess it for a billion dollars, they would not get it right. So you can't lose to those teams and embarrass yourself. So it's a Warriors group that has to lean on what their experience is, and that's championship experience to try and get themselves out of it. I know Draymond Green has missed 16 total games um, from this group, but – I just don't see this team really getting themselves into a position where they even make the play in. And I'm going that far. I don't think Golden State makes the play in that it's that dire of a situation for them. But they can't find an avenue of success or just a breath of fresh air to get themselves out of that rut. So I can't see it happening for Golden State, Nick.
0: I wasn't sure. Cam, if Masai Ujiri was going to lose Pascal Siakam for nothing, because it's happened so many times before, and it's like getting blood out of a stone with him. He just wants so much. The trade happens, and you have IQ, and you have R.J. Barrett that are there, but largely not a ton of shooting. What's the future now, do you think, in the short term for the Toronto Raptors?
2: The short-term future for the Toronto Raptors is, look, if you come to the Six, or if you see us coming into your arena, you know, it's going to be a hell of a night because when you look at what they have roster wise with IQ, with RJ Barrett, guys, at the end of the day, when you're traded, no matter what sport it is professionally, it was basically you being told that you're not good enough for this team or we don't have you in our future plans. So now you're feeling the type of way about that. So that's the same thing that Emmanuel Quickly is feeling, RJ Barrett, of course, and really the same thing with Bruce Brown Jr. Now, of course. I'm sure that Masai Ujiri is going to try to find some type of home for Bruce Brown Jr. Because if I'm Bruce Brown, I'm not trying to be part of a rebuild, right? At this stage of my career, I'm coming off a championship last year with the Denver Nuggets. I want to be in a position where I could possibly win another ring. So I'm sure he's talking to his agent and trying to see what's out there for him. But at the end of the day, for the Raptors, one thing that they can always control is how hard they play. And again, with IQ, RJ Bear, of course, Scotty Barnes, who I love. like It feels like his motor never stops. Those pieces, along with like a Chris Boucher and just the length and athleticism that the Raptors have, they're going to play you tough. And I wouldn't be surprised if this team fits into the playing spot once again.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to follow up on the Knicks because he was part of the other player that was sort of discarded. What do you think the Knicks can be now?
2: I think the Knicks can still be a team that before the season – Guys, I thought they were not only going to be a top-six team in the East, I thought they were going to be a top-four team in the East, and I still believe that with New York because Julius Randle is playing all-star basketball once again. My man Jalen Brunson, who I've been covering since he was in high school, is just built differently. So he makes his team go. I think it was great news, the possibility, the rumor reports about Mitchell Robinson possibly coming back before the season is done. But you got to give some love and some credit to Isaiah Hardenstein. He's been really good at that center position. For the Knicks for Tom Thibodeau's group, but you're starting to see everybody naturally fall into their positions. Of course, OG Ananobi, when he first came over to the Knicks and the win streak that they had going on, it was like a breath of fresh air for that offense. For a guy that just couldn't move, the Knicks are going to be very, very good and will be a top four team in the
1: ah, Music to my ears, hearing people say good, thing, good <laughs> things about the Knicks. Cameron Smith, the better angle on BetQL Stadium as well. Great to talk to you again. Thanks for coming on, man.
2: I appreciate you guys.
1: Love it. Thank love you. talking hoops with Cam. All right. <laughs> the Knicks a four seed. Oh. I'll take every little bit of success, Tristan. We all come on. We love it. It's bet MGM tonight.